Hello and welcome to the March 1st edition of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shorten. So I was so, so close. I just, I thought up until right at the end of the Kings game, I thought I'd got the clean sweep, got seven wins from seven matchups. But Buddy Heald, who's done bugger all all year, being super disappointing, goes out and kills me. And what do you have, like eight triples? Ended up losing by two triples and ended up being a 6-1 week, which, I mean, I'm obviously complaining, but 6-1 week is pretty good. It just could have been 7-zip and 10 weeks in, still haven't got 7-zip and I would just really like to. So overall, pretty good. I've had, um, obviously, Drew Holiday's back. I've had got him in a couple of leagues, which is really, really good. Um, what else is going on with my teams? I've got a couple of Spurs players who are still out with COVID, so I've struggled there but managed to seep through the wins on those ones. I did have one game this week where I ended up benching my entire team on the last day just to save turnovers. Ended up working for me, um, so I got the win there. But, yeah, yeah, I'll uh, stop talking about myself and – get onto the waiver wire and updates podcast in just a bit. It's going to be slightly shorter this one in terms of the the games. We've only got half the the week with the All-Star break. It's only a, a two-day break and I have a sneaking suspicion there's going to be some deals done, which I'll touch on at the end of the podcast. But yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to see some sort of an All-Star game whatever that looks like. And a lot of players are eyeing off returning after the All-Star break. So those who have got JJJ, those who have got Lauren Markkinen, those who have got Kevin Love, you're in for a treat in a couple of weeks whenever you finally get your players back. I know I'll be very, very keen to see JJJ take the court for the first time all year. But yes, onto the podcast. We're going to be running through injuries, sell high, buy low, and then, yeah, we're going to talk about the schedule as well as the best waivers to pick up and watch. So the injuries, KD, he's still out through the All-Star break. If you're looking for a pickup there, then stay tuned towards the end. But KD, he's going to be back. I have a suspicion that he, Kyrie, and James Harden are definitely going to get rest days going into the playoffs. They haven't been able to stay healthy. Harden, who's pretty much the workhorse there. He's going to get a couple of rest days. So keep an eye out for that. If you've got those players, you might want to sell them high if you if you can really get some nice currency for them. Kevin Love, as I mentioned, back after the All-Star break. Victor Oladipo. So he's had a rest day or a right quad injury management. He also turned down a two-year $45 million extension. I would be... Keen to hear everybody's thoughts on this. There is obviously some concerns about Victor Oladipo's health. If he's turned down a two-year, $45 million extension to State Houston, he's in the last year of his contract, so they're going to be looking to trade him somewhere. Houston aren't very good, so there's no point holding on to him. He's just going to leave anyway. So there is definitely an opportunity for him to to really finish the season on a high he could get himself over to a contender, which would be really nice and play really good basketball. So be keen to see what everybody thinks about that. 
I, if I had his injury concerns, I probably wouldn't necessarily turn down two years, $45 million extension. But look, Gordon Hayward did it last year and he was able to get himself a, a near max to go to Charlotte. So maybe Oladipo's eyeing off the same sort of a deal. Malik Beasley, he's out for 12 games. March 27 is his first available date. That leaves roughly 23, 25 games left in the season at that point. What Minnesota are doing come the end of March, I've got absolutely no idea. They may sit every single person out to make sure they're going to get that pick. Malik Beasley may only be the the player that actually plays because he's young and they want to showcase him. Maybe they sit him completely and they just play all of their young players and they give Edwards all of the leash that he wants. Who knows? Who knows? We'll be able to touch on that closer to and CJ McCollum. So his reevaluation date is tomorrow. According to the coach, we are not even close. Terry Stotts has said that he's not running. He's only doing stationary shooting. So if you've got him, and you're going to struggle to make playoffs and you don't have an IR spot, I'd be looking to trade him off and try and get yourself onto the winning players. Um, Top three sell-high options. So Kobe White, he is the number one player that I've got here, and I will say that I do own Kobe White in in a few leagues. I find Kobe White extremely frustrating. He is somebody that I haven't necessarily warm to. I got him thinking that he was going to replicate what he was doing towards the end of last year, and maybe he is still going to do that. It's taken him a bit of time to warm up. But over the last 15 days, so the last two weeks pretty much, he's been going at 17 points, four and a half, four and a half steals, I nearly said, four and a half assists, 6.4 rebounds, nearly two triples a game, and going at 45% shooting from the field. That's pretty good. Over his last seven days, though, 21 points, four assists, 7.7 rebounds, not sustainable, and 53% shooting from the field. Again, not sustainable. For the year, he's only going at 42% from the field. In fact, he's going at 41.7%, going at 15.8 points per game and five assists per game. It's the reason for the sell high. Kobe White is a streaky shooter. I personally think he's being played out of position. I think he is actually a shooting guard, not a point guard. He turns the ball over a lot. He can't play defense. He has a streaky shot, and I would be trying to get rid of him if you can. Now is the prime opportunity to do so. You're not going to get the value that he's at right now, but you may be able to sell him with another player to get somebody better. But if you've got Kobe White and you are maybe struggling for field goal, maybe struggling for turnovers, if you play that, even if you're going okay in assists, I personally would probably get rid of Kobe White because he is an absolute drainer. He He's not Devontae Graham bad, but he is pretty close to Devontae Graham bad. Kemba Walker, he's the next player that I've got on my Sell high. I think I had him last week as well, and I haven't changed my mind. He is he's playing well. Boston have kind of needed him to play well. But over the last seven days, he's been going just high 25 points, six assists, four rebounds, 
45% from the field and 93% from the line. He's even been shooting at 40% from three. Now, Kevin Walker is he's okay when he's on the court. In fact, judging by that, he's fantastic when he's on the court. But he's not going to stay on the court. Kemba Walker is broken. His knees are broken. His ankles are broken. I would be trying to get rid of Kemba Walker as soon as you can. If you can package, say you can package him and Kobe White up and get somebody who is, I wouldn't even know, maybe even a Devin Booker. I'd be trying to get that. Donovan Mitchell would be very good. Jamal Murray, I'd be trying to get one of those sort of players for a Kemba and Kobe White because Kemba's not going to stay healthy. We all know that. He wasn't healthy to start the year. He wasn't healthy to end the year last year. And yes, he's great when he's on the court, but he's not going to stay on the court. So that's why I'd be looking to get rid of Kemba Walker at a sky-high price right now. The other one is, surprisingly, John Wall. Now, John Wall has been playing really, really good this year. I have loved seeing him hit the court. He's looked explosive. He hasn't been worried about going to the hole, which is great. His his defense and his steals are maybe not at the level we were hoping that they would be. I mean, obviously, he's a career nearly two steal per game sort of guy, and he's only just under one. But he's for the season, he's been going at 20 points. He's been going at six assists, and he's been going at 42% from the field, which He's not still not great. Two threes. He's not a three-point shooter, which is probably what's bringing down his field goal percentage. But I don't think that he's necessarily going to stop that. While he's on the court, he's going to play well. The biggest concern I've got with Houston kind of ties into Victor Oladipo as well, and it is that they suck. Houston are not very good. They've got a lot of role players. They've got a lot of players who are injury-prone who are maybe past their best and the only player on their team I think worth owning is Christian Wood. My biggest concern about John Wall is that he's a massive, massive shutdown risk. Why would you... You've got three years left on his contract after this year. Why would you run the risk of injuring somebody whenever you're not even going to be close to going for a championship this year? They've been valiant, but they have not been great. So my Biggest concern, John Wall, is shutdown risk. And if you aren't concerned about that, keep him. I'm only here to, to kind of give my opinion. I'm certainly not an expert, and I certainly don't know what's going on in behind the doors of the Houston Rockets, but I would be very concerned that Houston are going to shut John Wall down, maintain his health, potentially even look to trade him away because he's shown what he can do on the court, and why would you risk him getting injured because you're not going to get any value out of him as well. So John Wall, I think, is going to get shut down. I think he's going to get shut down in maybe two weeks after the All-Star break. If he gets a little bit of a niggle, he's absolutely done for the year. So if you can get rid of John Wall, I would probably be doing so while he is still playing. Now, on the buy low side, the first one I got here, and I had him on here, then I took him off, and then I put him back on, and then I took him off, and I mean, Maybe there's a bit of bias here because I absolutely love Robert Covington, but he's been so bad. He's been so, so bad this year. He went through three games last week or the week before where he played really good, and I personally thought, yep, 
Roko is back. This is what we want to see. He's going to be a streaky shooter. That's fine, but his defense is going to be there. But he just, he's just been really bad. The reason that he's a buy low is because it really doesn't get any worse than this. Portland are going to be going into the playoffs. They're going to hopefully go deep into the playoffs. Don't know how deep they're going to go, but they're still going to be fighting for a seeded spot and looking to make sure that they can secure a home court advantage. Roko is a big, big part of that. So they're, they're, he's certainly not a risk of a shutdown. He's certainly not a risk of a trade. He is the defensive player that they need him to be, but his stats just are not good and he will turn it around. He will get better. All it takes is one or two Roko games to make your week. And by now, his owners are going to be getting really frustrated. So, in fact, I'm getting really frustrated. Roko is certainly a buy low opportunity because he doesn't get much worse than what he's currently playing. I think over the last seven days, he's only averaging four points. Uh, he had a, an absolute donut of a game two games ago. He, yeah, frustrating owners. And if you can buy low on him, I would probably do so. And I'd probably almost throw a, oh, I don't want to say I'd throw a Kobe White at him, but Depends how frustrated you are with Kobe White. I personally would be asking for a little bit more for him. But yeah, Robert Covington is certainly somebody that you should be looking to buy low right now. OG Ananobi, he is the other player that I think is at a rock bottom price right now. And the reason why he's been so good this year is from one category and one category only, and that's his steals. Before his injury, he was going at two steals per game. Since his injury, he's at 0.3 steals per game. Points are the same. Rebounds are the same. Assists, pretty much the same. Turnovers the same. Blocks slightly up. Steals is where he gets his value. He is an elite defender. He is going to... His minutes are still fine. He is going to get his steals back. So right now, if you look at his last seven days, 11.7 points, 4.3 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 0.3 steals, 1.7 blocks. That's pretty much waiver quality players for for most of it, for most leagues out there. OG is going to be a 1.5 to 2 steal player. If you can get him at a discount, now is certainly the time to do so. You might have a couple of naive owners out there that want to get rid of him. So I'd be trying to throw a couple of low ball offers at OG Ananobi. And then finally, the last player I've got on my buy low column is Robert Williams. Now, a lot of people have got Robert Williams, a lot of other podcasts, a lot of other websites, a lot of other fantasy pages have got Robert Williams as a waiver for this week. I personally don't think he is a waiver right now or a sorry a waiver pickup right now I think he's a waiver right now what I am interested in is the Brad Stevens comment that says that Robert Williams minutes are going to trend up late in the season right now we're not late in the season we're middle ish towards yeah I'd say we're probably middle of the season actually 
what we are looking for is Robert Williams' minutes to consistently, and I'd probably say two or three, probably three games in a row to trickle over 22, 23 minutes per game. When he does that, you know that he's going to be an absolute weapon. If he doesn't do that, you're still running the risk of him only playing 15 minutes a game. And in that, there's only so much that you can get done. So I don't necessarily think that he's a waiver pickup. I definitely think he's somebody that if you can get him as part of another trade, if somebody's got him and you can get him as part of another trade, I would certainly do so as a throw-in piece. But Robert Williams is definitely somebody that you should be looking at getting for the back end of the year because I think we're probably a month, maybe five, six weeks off seeing Robert Williams completely unleashed and him getting 25 to 30 minutes and being an absolute monster. So make sure if you don't have Robert Williams, you're looking to purchase Robert Williams or getting him off the waivers. Most leagues, he's going to be available, but if he's not, I'd be certainly looking to grab him. Schedule. So I haven't for the last couple of weeks run through all of the teams playing the most games. I am going to this week because there is only five teams playing the majority of the games. So I'm going to go through the first half this week. So that's kind of where my sell highs are. This is where my schedule is, my streamers. And then I'm going to do another one right as we hit the all-star window. And then for the remaining end of this week. So this is kind of a week 11A and then a week 11B. So... Denver, Indiana, New Orleans, Portland, and San Antonio all play five get sorry, all play three games in the first five days before the All Star break or the two day All Star break. Minnesota is the team that you should be making sure that you don't go anywhere near. They only play the one game. So if you're playing somebody with a Minnesota player, in fact, if you're playing someone who's got Carl Anthony Towns, the only player you should be concerned about then I'd be counting your lucky stars because they only play one, and I think they only play the one the one, the one, the week after as well. So pretty decent. So on to the streamers. I can't believe this guy is still under 40% owners. So 40% ownership, that's kind of the, the number that I go off because it's going to be available in most leagues. I also look at opportunity. I look at the amount of games played, I look at hot hands, things like that, players returning from injury, all that sort of stuff. So Gary Trent Jr., he's the number one player I think that everybody should be owning this week. Obviously, we've got the news of CJ McCollum not close to returning. We've got Portland playing three games this week. We've got Gary Trent Jr. playing really, really good basketball. He's averaging 31 minutes a game. He's 15 points, not much else. He's pretty much just good for points and triples. There's, there's something to be said about that, though. He's got all the opportunity in the world, so I would be putting him into my lineup this week and making sure that he is activated. They also play a doubleheader as well, so three games before the All-Star break. Then you can work it out after that. Derek White, he's the second player that I've got on this list here. So Derek White is going to come back from injuries. Derek White is an absolute star. He is such a good basketballer. He's so underrated. He is going to – don't worry about Lonnie Walker. He is going to come back and he's going to take all of the minutes once he is healthy and he's going to prove that he's a good player. Yeah, he's only averaging like 12 points, a steal, a block. That's still pretty good actually. 11 points, a steal, and a block. That's better than Rocco. And Derek White has only played like five games. So 
Derek White is somebody that you should certainly be picking up. I would be picking him up for the long term as well, but they play three games in the first half of week 11. He's only owning 23.2% of leagues. The other thing about San Antonio, and I've got another player coming up, they've got a strong back end of the season. Their schedule is stacked. They missed a lot of games, as we know, with COVID protocols. So they're going to get an absolute feast to end the season, which coincides with the NBA Fantasy Basketball Finals. I would be getting San Antonio players. I would be getting Derek White if he's available. You'd be silly not to. If somebody's got him, I'd be trying to trade for him, and I'd be trying to trade for him as you're listening to the end of this podcast because Derek White is going to be back very soon. He's a good player. Don't let his lack of points or the lack of shooting percentage, I guess, deter you away from him. He's a good player. He's going to go to steal. He's going to go to block per game. He's going to go at one, 1. 1.5 triples, three rebounds, three assists. Like he is a good player. So make sure you can grab him. Jakob Pertle, he's the other one. He has dislodged LaMarcus Aldridge from the starting lineup. He, yes, injuries have played a part of that, which is fine, but 32 minutes a game. He's going at three blocks per game in the last 15 days. Huge. If he's on your waiver wire, pick him up. Again, San Antonio played three games this week. He's only in 21.2% of leagues. They're stacked in the back end of the year. You're going to be wanting to pick up Jakob Pertl. They've got some firepower. San Antonio have got some foul firepower to score the basketball. They don't have a really good rim protector, and Jakob Pertl is the only one that they've got. They're going to play LaMarcus Aldridge off the bench. Don't worry about him eating into his minutes. 32 minutes per game is what he's going to be looking at for the rest of the year. Jakob Pertl is somebody that you should definitely be picking up right now. In fact, I would grab him, and then as soon as you see Robert Williams' minutes tick up, I'd swap him across for Robert Williams because Robert Williams is going to be another three-block, 10-rebound sort of guy. I don't know if Jakob Pertl is going to stay at three blocks per game, He's going to be close to two, so definitely grab him. Bruce Brown, we've heard the news that KD is going to be out through the All-Star break. That leaves a window for Bruce Brown. He's a good defender. He fits into their system really well. He's a low-usage sort of guy. He just gets the job done. 11.7 points, 1.4 steals, a couple of assists, five rebounds. He just gets the gets the job done for him. He's in there for his defense and probably should just be owned for his defense alone. So two games to start off the week, 13.2% owned. I'd grab him and then I'd probably even look to to potentially keep him long-term if you are in a deeper league because there is going to be quite a lot of rest games from the big three. So him and Joe Harris are the ones that I'd be looking at to keep there long-term. And then Malik Monk. So I never thought I'd be recommending Malik Monk. He is not a great basketballer. And his field goal percentage is generally absolute trash. But, hey, what do I know? Malik Monk has been absolutely balling out while Devontae Graham's been injured. 20 points, 20.8 points, nothing on the defensive end. That's fine. 49% from the field is ridiculous. 3.33s is ridiculous. 
yeah, Malik Monk is, while Devontae Graham's out, Malik Monk is somebody that you should absolutely own. He is somebody that I would certainly be looking at up until he comes back. Now, I am going to recommend another another couple of players that I think you should be looking at. De'Anthony Melton. I don't shy away from the fact that I love De'Anthony Melton. He is the best two-guard at the Grizzlies. Dillon Brooks is not good. Winslow is not good. In fact, I think that they're going to probably trade Winslow, maybe even trade Brooks as well. They've thrown money at Melton in the offseason. They're going to eventually give him minutes. So keep an eye on him for the back end of the year. The other one that I don't mind, and you've obviously got to be comfortable with your own league and your own um, your own team layout, is Hassan Whiteside. I genuinely think that the Kings are going to buy him out of his minimum contract, send him to the waivers or whatever you want to call it, and I think that a equally bad team, but probably a better run team, is going to pick up Whiteside, and he could definitely be a breakout star for the last half of the year. We know what he can do whenever he's given the opportunity. I don't know if there's many teams that are necessarily going to want him, the only ones that really spring to mind would be somebody like Charlotte, maybe San Antonio. Um, yeah, they're kind of the the main ones. Yeah, I can't really see anybody else that may want him. Everyone else is pretty well sorted from a, a big side, but the Kings don't need him and they don't want him. And I genuinely think that they're going to let him go. So. If you so, there's a lot of leagues that have the for the um, the All Star break, their waivers go over one per day. So if you've got a couple of extra up your sleeve, I'd probably look at getting Hassan Whiteside, chucking him into your IR if he's free. If he gets bought out, great, ends up on a contender, great. You've just got yourself an absolute steal. If not, that's okay too. You can just drop him back down. Haven't really lost anything there. So I'd be looking at Hassan Whiteside while he is currently out, while he's designated with the out tag as well, because, yeah, I think he is going to be out of the Kings team and out of the Kings locker room in two weeks. Guys, that's pretty much it. I'm going to be fighting for 7-0 this week, so if you're playing against me, please watch out, because I shouldn't say please watch out. That's not really fighting talk, is it? Watch out. Coming for you. 7-0 is what I'm aiming for. I'll be back for a mid-all-star podcast, talk through the back end of what that's going to look like, talk through any sort of deals that have been done, talk through any players that are coming back from injury, what you should expect, what you shouldn't expect. Until then, if you want to find me, if you want to ask me any questions, you want to hit me up on the socials, at Mark Fantasyland on Twitter and on Instagram. Please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. and. Yeah, good luck for week 11. Enjoy the All-Star game, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers.